Welcome back to another episode of the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Meacham, former UC Bearcat basketball player from 1997 to 1999 under the legendary coach Bob Huggins. And I was fortunate enough to wear the iconic brand Jordan uniform. I always talk about that. Got to give that a shout out. Everybody in Cincinnati loves those old Jordan uniforms. So we're back for episode number five, and let me, let me tell you what we're going to go over today. We're going to talk about the Colgate game, and that's, that's been a hot topic all over Twitter, with the Bearcat losing to the uh, the Colgate. What was their, what's their mascot? I can't even remember. Colgate. I know their toothpaste, but anyway. Then we uh, turn around and win a big game against the Tennessee Volunteers, and we're going to preview the Iowa game. And also going to give out my award that I give out once a week, and that's the Beast of the Week Award. A quick side note, um, you can check me out every Friday on Channel 5, WLWT here in Cincinnati with my main man, George Vogel, uh, doing the Basketball Insider Report. And I report on high school basketball, talking about area teams, uh, area players, and just highlighting a lot of the good things that are going on in the area with high school basketball. Um, I'm also on the Greater Cincinnati Basketball Hall of Fame board. Uh, we're having our annual banquet this year, May 12th, which just so happens to be my, my birthday, so they better have a cake for me. Um, but this year, um, we're working on um, who we're actually going to induct into the Greater Cincinnati Basketball Hall of Fame. We've put together a list of about 30 uh, basketball players that have either been high school basketball players or college basketball players in our area. We've got an extremely high level list of uh, players. So I'm excited when I find out um, who they are. There were some former Bearcats on that list. Um, I'll announce that uh, on one of the podcasts. You can follow me on social media, on Instagram and Twitter at Alex underscore Meacham. Meacham spelled M-E-A-C-H-A-M. You also can follow me and check me out on LinkedIn, Alex Meacham, Facebook, Alex Meacham, on Snapchat for the young folks, uh, Big Meach, 41. 41 was my jersey number back in the day, the good old days. So, uh, hey, let's jump right on into it. Let's talk about the Colgate game. So, I was at the Colgate game, and in all my years... All my years of basketball, that was one of the most bizarre endings I have ever seen in person. Now, I've seen some strange endings to games. I mean, what was it? A couple, I don't know how many years ago it was when J.R. Smith uh, for the Cleveland Cavaliers with LeBron James, J.R. Smith just, I, I don't know what was going on with him before the game, whatever activities he was into, but he bl blacked out during that game, lost track of the score you know, time situation and all that. But in this Colgate game, um, the Bearcats, and once again, losing a lead, um, a close game down to the end. Uh, Jaron, uh, for whatever reason, launches up a half-court shot with, what was it, f almost four or some seconds left. Javen fouls, um, which I didn't, I didn't think was something that should be called, but is what it is. Just a very bizarre uh, very bizarre way to lose um, a basketball game. And especially when you think about Cincinnati Bearcat basketball and you think about the Fifth Third Arena prior to the Shoemaker Center, 
Um, <clears throat> you just don't think about the Bearcats losing games like that at home to, to Colgate. Um, we've lost games in the past, uh, Presbyterian, uh, believe UC lost before I started playing for the Bearcats, lost to Canisius, I believe, one year. <clears throat> but if you notice in a lot of those losses, like the Presbyterian, the Canisius loss, the Bearcat teams really took those losses to heart and the team got better. They learned from that. So if history repeats itself, this loss to Colgate will help this team. And you can you can tell, you know, looking at this, the way that, that Colgate game ended, um, and I felt bad for Jaron. You could tell Jaron's confidence level at this time is very, very low at that Colgate game and at the finish is very, very low. He's struggling. He's battled through injuries, trying to get used to the system, and he struggled in, in his different areas of the game defensively. Um, passing the basketball, things he's just historically been really good at. And, and by the way, Jaron has an extremely high basketball IQ. And at, at times, a lot of the times, he has the highest IQ on the basketball court, no matter what team they're playing. Um, and I, I'm, telling you, I'm, I'm telling you, that is a fact. And so for him to do what he did um, was a little, you know, bizarre out of – you know, what he normally uh, does. So, you know, it, it was a mental error. It was, you know, confidence levels low. But, you know, I thought we would win this game. I said on the last podcast, I thought this was a game we should win and it would be great momentum leading into Tennessee. Um, but I saw a bunch of people on, you know, Twitter and, and Facebook um, talking, you know, bad about the Bearcat uh, basketball team after the loss to Colgate. And listen, Colgate isn't a bad basketball team. Think about they played Tennessee last year in the tournament and almost won. Ironic that we played Colgate and then played Tennessee the next game, but and Colgate played Tennessee, you know, last year. Colgate has a very good team. They bring back guys from that team that played Tennessee, uh, the foreign kid, number, number 25. I mean, he could really play. So we didn't lose – to like a bunch of scrubs, and we lost to a, a well-coached basketball team. So, you know, once again, another game um, with very similar stats. So, and, and what I mean by that is, um, if you go back and look at some of the games prior to Colgate, we have very similar stats, not only um, our individual and team stats, but very similar stats to the other team, um, but there's been a couple things that have been different. Um, our turnovers. Our turnovers, uh, I think, I believe we had 16 turnovers versus Colgate. Uh, they had 12. Um, and then just not executing down the stretch. Go back and look at all the games the Bearcats have played. Um, I'd say minus Xavier. And it's just lack of execution down the stretch. It could be a totally different season if there was better execution, both on the defensive end and offensive end. Uh, that Colgate game, we didn't get great minutes from Jaron, uh, Chris McNeil. I didn't think Trey Scott um, had great minutes either. And um, there was a point in the game, and even with those guys not playing, I think, their best basketball, there was a point in the game that we had the lead, and I thought we were going to blow this team out. But it never happened. 
And I, I think this, this game really slapped a lot of people in the face. And it forced everyone to reflect and make some changes. And I'm not just talking about players. I'm talking about the coaching staff. Like everyone has to look in the mirror and say, you know, what can we do better? And from that loss to the Tennessee game, I heard that Coach Brannon say in a press conference that Monday's practice was the best practice of the year. Now, I can't – having played having played college basketball and fortunately playing at the, the level we were at when I was at UC, um, very, very high level against great competition, it was very important. It was one of the things that Coach Huggins emphasized a lot. It was so important that we had very good to great practices. And we practiced hard. We practiced for three hours. They were no joke. Um, the preparation we had leading into a game was as good as any other team or program in the country. It was to the point where whenever we would play a team, I don't care if it was um, at the time UNC Charlotte, uh, we played Rhode Island against Lamar Odom, uh, 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 Let's see, uh, Dwayne Wade. I mean, I can go on and on against great competitions. You know, Dwayne Wade at Marquette, uh, some of those teams, uh, Louisville teams. I always felt we were always prepared for every game. We were prepared to guard Dwayne Wade. We were prepared to guard Lamar Odom, Katino Mobley, future pros. Um, you know, Louisville ran a great system, had great players. We were always prepared. We knew what sets they were going to run. And that went back to practice and having good practice reps and also the attention to detail in practice. And I, I got a great story. I've never, ever told this story. I don't, I don't think I've ever shared it really with anyone. But um, Huggins demanded excellence in practice, like I said. And uh, we had a star – uh, you know, player on the team, Steve Logan. And early on, Steve Logan's practice habits were not at the level that Coach Huggins wanted them to. And, and Huggs was all over Steve Logan about practicing better. In fact, one day at practice, he told Steve Logan, he stopped practice, and I'm, I'm not going to share some of the extra words that Huggs used, but he basically told Steve Logan you can't play at this level. You need to transfer. Why don't you just transfer back home, go to Cleveland State? And the, the message that Huggins was delivering was, you're not practicing at the level of a major Division I basketball player for the University of Cincinnati. You can't play here because you can't practice at this level. So either that changes or you transfer to Cleveland State. And if you've ever been around Steve Logan – He's one of the most competitive players, most competitive people you ever meet. One of the, one of the many reasons that Steve Logan um, became one of the greats to ever put on the Bearcat jersey, wear the red and black, was the fact he was so competitive. Um, he had such a great IQ, um, excellent footwork, his attention to detail. But he learned that, and he learned that the importance of doing those things in practice and great repetition in practice leads to a better player in games. 
And so uh, the story goes like this. Um, I was guarding Steve Logan uh, several times in practice. And, I mean, I was, I was heating him up. I was playing tough defense. I was in his face. And he didn't like that. And Huggins was all over him. And Steve Logan um, looked at me and said, hey, man, you, you, you have to chill out. You, you're playing too hard. You're practicing too hard. And I told Steve, I said, that's the only way I can survive. If I don't, I'm gone. And he just looked at me. And uh, a little bit later, um, once again, I was playing hard nose, um, almost stole the ball from Steve. Um, Huggins then started to rip him and just was all over him. Um, and then a couple possessions later, I went to close out. And uh, during a drill, I ran and closed out. Steve Logan had the ball, was up in his chest, and he swung his elbow on purpose. Bam! Cracked me in the nose blood everywhere I still have the mark on my nose from that from that day and he did that on purpose um, I, I'm not angry at Steve at this point about that um, I understand his frustration at that time um, but that's that's what it was like with Bearcat basketball um, back then and, and learning great practice habits was an important part of our success um, which leads me to say it was great to hear Coach Brandon say that they had their best practice of the year on Monday. And now, as we look back after this Tennessee game, which I'll talk about in detail in a second, but as we look back, obviously they had a great practice Monday. That bled right into the Tennessee game. So hopefully, hopefully these guys understand that and their practice habits continue to – be at a high level, an elite level. So let's let's talk about this Tennessee game real quick. So I looked at it even before the loss to Colgate. I was saying, if you go back and listen to episode four of the podcast, I talked about how important this Tennessee game was. It may be the most important game of the season to this point because it's going to be a sold-out crowd. It was a blackout. Everybody's there. In, I wear black anyway to all the, the games. I don't. I don't even know when's a blackout or whiteout or redout. I'm, I'm wearing black anyway, but it was a blackout. And I knew the crowd was going to be hyped. I knew they were going to be into it. And, and, and I'm here to tell you, fans, for all those Bearcat fans out there, you honestly make a difference. When you're at the games and you're energized and, you know, Jaron makes a great play. Keith Williams has a big dunk. Um... Uh, Trey Scott jumps over to save a ball and he jumps over a bunch of fans and the crowd goes crazy because that's a uh, effort play that feeds into our players that's why it's so tough to play on the road it's tough to play on the road because of the the home court advantage of the fans so the Bearcat fans you really help that basketball team versus Tennessee I'm telling you I, I know what it's like when you're in an arena, you make a great play, and the crowd goes crazy. You just feed off of it. And this basketball team really fed off the energy in the Fifth Third Arena. So you, you could slowly see this team start to figure some things out. They could start to figure out what Coach Brandon is telling them. And, you know, it's, it's been a tough process. It's not been easy. I mean, you've had a coach for – However long Mick Cronin was here, he instilled a system and a style of play. And you have a new person come in 
and tell you we're going to play completely different and here's my so th there there's a there's a trust level that occurs and 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 it's more of the veteran guys that have returned you know the Trey Scotts the Keith Williams uh Jaron Cumberland like those guys it's important for them to get that full buy in and then that helps those newcomers, the young guys, then they start to fully buy in. And it, it's not as easy as people think. I mean, it's a tough process. And, and uh, you know, honestly, Br Coach Brand is really good at that. That's why he's at the level he's at. That's why he gets paid the millions of dollars he gets paid um, to, to figure those things out. Um, but I've said this before on many of the podcasts thus far. There will be moments of brilliance and moments of bad. And we've seen a great mixture of those this season so far. And it was like we're going to see more bad until everyone fully buys in and figures things out. And I think we started to see that brilliance against Tennessee. I still say, well, Tennessee's game, that was our best complete game. But our best half, in my opinion, still is the half versus Ohio State at the beginning of the year, which is odd because you figured the first game we would not be at our best. But the energy that first half, the defensive pressure, um, if we can get back to that for a full game, we blow out a team like Tennessee. We absolutely blow them out. Now, uh, let's look at the turnovers. Uh, it was 15 to 14. We had, we had 15 turnovers. And once again, we still need to get those turnovers around 10 per game. And if, if we can get those turnovers at 10 per game, you will see a huge difference in this team. I mean, just think about five less turnovers. That equals five more possessions, five more shots at the basket. And just think if you, if you make them and you've got a mix of threes and twos, of those fives, that's a huge point difference. So now you see not only the importance of not turning the basketball over, having giving yourself more possessions, more opportunities at the basket. The other piece is if you rebound the basketball, you're giving yourself more possessions, more opportunities. I'll never forget this. We're playing in the um, Great Alaska Shootout, and – we're playing Duke, number one team in the country. Um, I've talked about this game, and every Bearcat fan knows this game pretty well. But I would never forget what Coach Huggins said the night before we played Duke. And he said, is Duke a great team? Yes, they are. However, you can make a great team average on any night. And how you do that is you limit their shots at the basket. So he explained, if Duke only gets one shot at the basket each trip down, they become not only an average, probably a below average team because no team makes every first shot. But if you give them multiple shots at the basket, giving them rebound after rebound, they're eventually going to make one of those, right? So you want to make great teams average. On the flip side, when we played Duke, he talked about us rebounding the basketball and getting more opportunities at the basket. We weren't a great shooting team, but I tell you what, not many people could out-rebound Kenyon Martin. 
Uh, Ryan Fletcher was a beast down there on the boards. And it was just heavily emphasized, let's get more than two opportunities at the basket. So with that being said, I mean, we killed Tennessee on the boards. I think it was 32 to 21, something like that on the glass. I mean, that's huge. Um, once again, I, I can't say enough great things about Micah Adams Woods and the, the you know, I don't want to say the evolution of him as a player. Uh, I think that's too strong of a word, but I mean, he's really improved his practice habits. Um, and he's been fun to watch. I, I honestly, I made a mistake. I did not think he would contribute to this level and how calm he is as a freshman and his ability to process the game at this stage. He played 31 minutes, had zero turnovers. Let me repeat that. He played 31 minutes as a point guard against Tennessee and had zero turnovers for assists. That's getting it done, folks. He's one of... Um, I think a couple reasons why the Bearcats win this basketball game. Um, and listen, I thought we got some solid minutes from Chris McNeil. He moved Chris McNeil to the bench. Uh, Mike Adams Wood started, but Chris McNeil did not pout. Um, and I didn't notice him upset that he wasn't starting. He still get, gave great effort. And if we can continue to get Chris to do that, um, that's just, I think, I think gravy on top. How about Big J? Big J plays 19 minutes and has nine points and I, I don't look at him as a you know a nine a 12 point score per game but that was huge for especially against the defense that Tennessee plays of protecting the lane um, I think one thing that's happened you know it's like you don't appreciate some things until they're gone and I don't think Bearcat fans appreciated what Jay brought to this team until he got injured and we didn't have him now he's back, and you see the value that Jay can bring to this team. We had six guys in double figures. Love it. And we have 78 points. With our best player, our, you know, who should be our best player, Jaron Cumberland, only scoring 10 points. Uh, I, I think, I have to go look this up, but I think the Bearcats – with 78 points, I think they scored more points against Tennessee than any team has thus far this year on their schedule. Um, very, very impressive. And that's, and that's back to um, what Coach Brandon's been preaching about offense and offensive efficiency. I mean, six guys in double figures. Um, that's impressive. Uh, we'll win a lot of basketball games like that. Uh, Trey Scott <laughs> played a great game. 15-7, um, and seven, played 38 minutes. Uh, Trey brings so much value to this basketball team, and he's a kid that when he's gone, fans will be like, damn, I wish we had Trey back. He's, he's that type of kid, and we, I think we as Bearcat fans need to appreciate what Trey Scott does night in and night out for this basketball team, this program. Um, let's talk about Jaron Cumberland. He's, I feel like every game, every day, he's, a, he's such a hot topic. Um, he was in foul trouble. I think he struggled early. Um, but then he started to get that swag back. Second half, I think it was later part of the second half, um, he had a big three. And at one point, you could see him start to get that swag back. And I, I, I think it was like about a 3.04 mark towards the end of the game. He made a big shot, and he's back on defense, and he's at the top of the key. And he's guarding Tennessee's guard. 
and Jaron has both his fists out, and he's just flexing. He's and he just has this face like, "All right, I got the mojo back. I'm feeling good." And I think we all have been waiting for that. And I think we're starting to see the old Jaron Cumberland. He's been and and listen, what Bearcat fans will understand is he's been working really hard through a lot of injuries, trying to get in shape. And some fans went sour on on JC, you know, over the last you know couple weeks or whatever. We need him. Don't give up on Jaron Cumberland. And I think this next game versus Iowa, which will be a very tough game, we're going to see the best Jaron Cumberland this year. And that leads me to talk about the Iowa preview. Um, and, and listen, I think this game is all about the Bearcats looking themselves in the mirror and figuring out which team they want to be. Do you want to be the team that played Colgate or do you want to be the team that played Tennessee that played a great half versus Ohio State putting a whole game together? So uh, this could be another uh, big win. Like I said, I think that Tennessee win is one of the biggest of the season. This Iowa really can propel them to the next level and to come out of this three-game stretch which I call the mini seasons to come out of it two and one would be great and, and it's just it aggravate me that we didn't win that Colgate game because that would have had us at three and oh a lot of momentum and you got to think about it college basketball this year man it is up in the air I mean people are getting beat left and right North Carolina's down they're like on a four-game losing streak Kentucky's losing to Utah I mean there's no real like dominant dominant team so I think the Bearcats are in, are in are in good shape. They still have a lot of work to do, but they're they're not in a as bad a space as some people want to make them out to be. But um, a win against Iowa will really give I think this basketball team a, a great amount of confidence. Um, Iowa isn't ranked um, as of right now, I don't believe, but I'm gonna tell you they're very well coached. They run great stuff. Uh, they will they will be a tough opponent, no doubt about it. And I think looking at what we need to do to win this basketball game from from my standpoint, I could see Keith Williams um, being a huge factor for in this particular game, him using his superior athletic ability against them. And I don't know that they really have anybody that – I mean, shoot, I don't know too many teams that have anybody that's as athletic as Keith Williams, but – I think he can really change the dynamic of this game and how I was going to attempt to guard uh, the Bearcats. Um, I think they'll attempt to play great team defense on our more athletic guys like Keith Williams, uh, like Trey Scott, who might give them some matchup issues. But I think they're they're really going to try to play great team uh, defense. But I'm telling you, I think this could be the stage for a breakout JC game. And I'm talking about the 25 – plus night from Jaron Cumberland, 25 points. I, I think he could be the big – no, no, he will be the big difference in this game. I'm starting to see him turn the corner. So, also, I, and listen, I think another major key to this game is going to be that Bearcat defense. Um, we have to get them playing our game, and we beat them at our game but it's got to start with that with that defense uh let me dive into um my beast of the week my beast of the week goes to my main man trey scott 
you talk about a great kid, and as long as Trey has been here at the University of Cincinnati, he and I have had conversations after conversations at practice, games. He's always been the same person. Um, very positive attitude, uh, great kid, great brother to his twin sisters who, who play for UC. Uh, he's just an all-around solid dude, and there's there's no surprise um, that he's having success on the basketball court just because he's such a high-character kid. Uh, the Tennessee game was huge for him. I thought he played very, very well. I, I talked about his, his stat line, but he does so many other things uh, for this team, uh, leadership, uh, energy, and just consistent. I mean, he played 38 minutes, and he's just consistent. You can't take him out of the game. And I'll say this again. He's one of those players that when he's done, Bearcat fans are going to go, damn, I wish we had Trey Scott back. Guarantee that. My beast of the week, Trey Scott. So, hey, listen, I was excited to get in here and talk about that Colgate um, and Tennessee game and um, kind of preview the, the Iowa game. Um, I, I, you know, listen, in the next podcast, I'm going to talk a little bit about the Iowa game and then uh, talk about the next three games that, that mini season I like to talk about. So I'm excited to do that. We're getting close to the uh, holiday season. So um, I don't know that we'll be pumping out as many um, podcasts. I'll be in Florida and then headed out to Arizona. I'm going to go see my my guy, Sean Miller, at Arizona and uh, go watch the Wild, Arizona Wildcats uh, play Arizona State. Um, but listen, when we get back to our regularly scheduled program, uh, I've got some interviews set up. Uh, we're going to get Justin Williams from The Athletic on, uh, talk a little bit about the uh, iconic brand Jordan uniforms. He did a beautiful article on on that time period. Um, we'll also have a couple former players lined up. And listen, I know I told you I'm going to have a bunch of former players on the podcast, and uh, we've had Charles Williams so far, but I do have a bunch lined up. I um, haven't been able to get some of them on yet just because of the holiday, and I've been busy with a lot of different things. But trust me, we're going to have plenty of them. I've got tons of them lined up. If you have any ideas of some former players you might want to hear and hear their story, um, let me know. You can hit me up on social media. Once again, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Alex underscore Meacham, M-E-A-C-H-A-M. Oh, before I forget, um, I've got this Crosstown Shootout basketball that I need to give away. Uh, I'm going to do that um, on Twitter. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tweet that out. I've got to get that out so I can have that for Christmas. And also, uh, I'm going to do a little giveaway. I have my book here, um, Walk of a Lifetime. And uh, my producer, Stu. Stu, you see uh, Stu's checking out my book cover. You see that guy right there? What do you, what do you think about that picture, Stu? That's a good-looking picture there. Yeah. I, I had the hair. What do you think about the hair? Is it, you said it looked fake. It looks like a like a. Do I look better with the hair or without the hair, Stu? Not to put you on like a weird spot. <laughs> okay, we'll we'll leave it alone. We'll leave it alone. I've aged decently well. At least say that. Okay. So, yeah. All right, Stu. We'll we'll just agree on that. Um, also, uh, I'll, I'll sign my book here, Walk of a Lifetime. Um, if anybody out there has children that play sports or um, you know, go through any type of adversity. I think this is a, a good book uh, for them to read. So I'm definitely going to be able to give uh, the basketball and the book out. And I want to thank everybody once again for listening to the Bearcat Basketball 
podcasts. Have a great holiday. Until next time, go Bearcats. Okay.